Welcome to Null Pointers with your hosts, Mark, Jim, and Stephen. Today we'll be talking about mobile design. But before we get to our week's topic, this week, as we are recording, WWDC 2020 happened, the big developer conference from Apple, and there were some cool announcements happening. Uh, the new iOS was introduced, and I was super fan of the app clips that came out, which allows you to sort of with an NFC tag, uh, I think even QR code or Bluetooth, it sort of starts up a mini version of the app. Uh, that you can use. And uh, since restaurants are starting to opening up again here in Switzerland, they often don't have the menu card anymore on the table. So you have to like scan a QR code and it's all a bit clumsy. And I thought that would be such an awesome feature to have right now to not have to install an app, but still have the great experiences that uh, local apps can provide. What were your highlights? So actually, okay, that's, I heard about the app clips, but I didn't know what it was because it looked like, I mean, I mostly followed the live blog because I wasn't in the in the position to to watch the actual stream. To be honest, I forgot about it, which is which is a first because I'm always looking forward to the WWDC um, and and watching it, uh, but not this year for some reason. But yeah, so the other things, yeah, of course, iOS 14 has a lot of cool things. I um, am always having trying to keep myself from not installing it right away and break my device. But you failed, yeah, didn't I've, you? Yeah, it's it's on here and it works. It works pretty good, actually. So yeah, there's of course the widgets. A lot of people are like uh, con- comparing it to the uh, the live tiles on Windows Phone. And yeah, I don't really see the added value of these widgets. Um, I've put a couple on my screen just to see if I can get used to it, but uh, I, I don't think it's for me unless they come with something that's really, really useful and I can't resist as well. So what we actually lost with the widgets, that's that kind of sucks, I think, is like with the force touch, you could bring up a widget from a certain app under the app icon and that's gone now. While those same widgets aren't converted into the widgets that you can put on the home screen. So it's it's hopefully easy to do for the developers. But yeah, you know, these widgets, I, I don't have them to have them on in my face all the time. I just want to see them whenever I press an app icon. So yeah, I'm I'm not really a big fan of where this is going, but you know, you can't win them all. And there is of course a ton of other improvements. Uh, one uh, very cool one is uh, they uh, added a couple of accessibility uh, things in there. So maybe that's not directly for us, but it's really cool that they're thinking about it. Uh, One kind of hidden feature is that you can tap on the back of your phone um, and you can tap twice or uh, three times and you can uh, configure your own action. So you can take a screenshot or go to the home screen or uh, do some other things. So I've configured that and it's a pretty fun uh, functionality that that can be used even if you're not like in any way handicapped. So that's really cool. But the other thing that I didn't really got that, I got that from some some blog that, that wrote about a couple of announcements that really didn't make the keynote. I think one of them was also that uh, FaceTime will now recognize sign language um, and it will redirect the attention to that person because in, in FaceTime, which is the video calling service by Apple, you can also have group chats now, I think. And it will detect, I think it only works for American Sign Language right now because also there are different languages in sign language, apparently. But it will detect that someone is using sign language and it will switch to to that person uh, to make other people aware of that. So 
Um, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and I'm opening basically my car now with my iPhone. <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, I don't have a BMW because I think that's the the first one that's gonna gonna be doing that. I'm not sure if I see the added value. I guess if you lose your car keys. You can use your phone, but if that is what we really need as humanity. But to, to get back to your little widgets thing, I don't know that I ever missed widgets or missed having widgets. So I, I also installed just a few and, well, pretty much took them off again already. It, it's obviously bite-sized information and things like the weather. I'll just look outside. Sorry, I'm a bit more practical, I guess, in that sense. But the one that I do like is there is one that has sort of like moments and pictures kind of in it. So if you do keep somewhat of a clean picture library, as I try to do, you'll at least get some some more nice flashbacks to other things that happened in the past and remember your good times pre-global pandemic, perhaps. Oh, yeah. Well, good stuff also happens during pandemics, even though... <laughs> The world is not in the greatest shape at the moment, but yeah, it's, I like that one. But other than that, I, I really don't quite miss any widgets, to be honest. Ah, interesting. Uh, I forgot about the widgets. I remember when I uh, had a an Android phone, I used to have my calendar pinned as a widget, and I really liked that because at one glance I saw what's coming up next. And I just remembered when you said it, having different widgets on the screen can be quite distracting because it's, it's at a glance. And uh, what I like is the feature that the widgets can change. So during the workday, I could always see my calendar. And in the evening, I might have like some nice moments from the past or the weather report. I have a dog. And I can tell you, I look a lot of times when the weather is like right now, when you never know, is it coming to rain? Is it not coming to rain? You want to get those spots when you're in the dry because, yeah, wet docks, they are not the greatest thing to have. Yeah, but that's interesting. Now, since we're speaking about mobile design and um, Stephen, you're a quasi-expert, Joel and I just made that up. What do you think about the new design that's coming for Max? Well, I have, I guess opinions especially about the icons I, th I think there's people out there that love them i think some of them absolutely look like garbage to be honest but especially the quicktime one for example is one that is really sore on my eyes and there's the other one right there's some kind of battery icon that also looks horrible yeah the, the battery and i think there's a notification bell it all looks a bit i think someone on my twitter called it web 2.1 or something like that, referring back to our Web 2.0 movement of quite a while ago, actually, where gradients in, in icons and sort of, I guess, faux neomorphism kind of stuff that Apple used to do. It feels a bit like a hybrid of that and, and flat design, to me at least. Yeah, the, some of the icons aren't that bad. I'm, I'm not a big fan of this new style, but... You know, to be honest, I, th I don't think I was a fan of the style that iOS has right now at the beginning. I mean, I just don't do well on change, man. That's that's the hard truth. But yeah, I mean, it's all a matter of taste um, in the end. But yeah, it, it wasn't great. Yeah, I think what they also are trying to do is get more of that semi-transparent blur effect into all of their windows. Speaking of that, Windows obviously somewhat famously has that as well with their acrylic type thing. I, I actually like that. I haven't seen it in full action yet. I, I don't even dare install a Big Sur beta on my, on my machine, to be honest. I'll see that when it goes live, basically. But I, I do like that 
general aesthetic. Yeah, overall, it looked pretty good. It was just a couple of icons that had some criticism from some people. Um, so hopefully they were test versions as well and uh, they will get updated. Probably after the, the tweets, they, they will be, but... Who knows? It's Apple. They do whatever they want. Yeah, and I think with design, it's, it's always the same. I remember many big sites going through redesigns, and there was always a huge amount of tweets going about what's what's wrong with everything. And I know I'm not the design aficionado per se, and uh, I think it just grows on you. And whenever you see a change, yeah, it just it, you just think, oh, this is different. I, I don't know if I like this. And after a couple of weeks, you sort of get used to the design and you just move on with your life. I mean, that's that's just me talking. I, I don't want to say that I am an expert here, but yeah, I, I always find it quite amusing when new designs come out. A lot of people have a, they're like, oh no, this, this will never work. This will never work. And like two months later, like I got no idea how the old design looked like. I also think that um, companies like Apple, they're they're of such big size that they also sort of dictate trend, I guess. I mean, they presented something new and I'm pretty sure quite a lot of people will follow give it give it a few months and i think a lot of things will shift that way yeah i think you you hit the nail on the head there i mean that's what you've seen happening with uh what was the other name or did you was that the name that you just mentioned the skew morphism or um, it was called yeah the, the skew morphism indeed is the the old apple style i think i actually said new morphism for some reason right yeah. now um, but that's the other the other cool hip new thing with all the the double shadows, like the the top highlight shadow and the bottom normal shadow, I guess, to make it look like it it pops out of the page kind of. It's it's been around and I've I've made a blog post about it as well. But I think as much as people like that aesthetic, I'm not sure if it'll ever be the new thing. But I do think like what, what Apple has now come out with moving forward, that will be probably a big source of inspiration for designers everywhere. So going back to, to mobile apps, um, maybe a bit like, are there like some general design rules that one can say, hey, be aware of these to, to even if you are more like the, the logical kind of person or you like to think you would be more the logical kind of person that you know, like, hey, these are like the things that you should look out for and that you can also see because they're like a pattern. Yeah, well gradients make everything better um and the more the merrier no okay taking notes gradients yeah yeah, gradients a lot of colors no it's 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 hard like i'm i'm not a a designer per se i haven't been educated as a designer um i just dabble basically and i like looking at cool designs and and trying to mimic styles and all that stuff but from from a big no-no perspective i guess there's a a few things that you should pay special attention to comic sans comic sans yeah fonts fonts typography really is a big one when it comes to design i mean like gerald said we can all put comic sans in and it it would give everyone a quick smile but beyond that first impression i guess people will mostly uninstall your app okay interesting so you say fonts are important now for for someone like me uh i know there are different kind of fonts uh, i know some fonts uh, make people scream like comic sans so what do you look out for do you start with the fonts or, or do you choose the fonts after you did some basic ui layout like what are the differences that i can be looking out for well, it, it obviously depends if you're building an app just for you or or something you've come up with and that you want to market um that is obviously a different 
approach than uh, having a company app is for a company that obviously already has branding of some sorts. Um, so some of these fonts type things can get handed to you on a silver platter, as it were. Um, that doesn't mean that it works great for apps. There are companies out there with fonts that, well, don't necessarily make all things better. Um, especially if you have like a, a font that is actually pretty much exclusively reserved for something like a logo or like a something like that. Um, people tend to overdo it and, and make all the headings that same font and make um, more things that font than they should because it, it's initially only used in the logo in the branding guidelines. And let's keep it at that. Um, there's a reason for that probably. Okay, so that's uh, some, some great advice. I, I will have to, I have to remember that next time. Uh, another thing that that uh, I was sometimes told is uh, spacing is like really important. Um, I think like margins and stuff like that. Does it does it make sense that you like define default spacings and uh, like use them in your styles? Yeah, if, we, if we're talking Xamarin in specific, um, we all as Xamarin developers know that some of the controls in there have defaults for all of this stuff. They're not necess necessarily very transparent as an end user or as a developer, actually. For example, I think a, a frame or something like that has a default padding. Stack layouts have spacing in between, but all those defaults aren't necessarily very accessible for us as a developer. You can figure it out if you go and look at the source code, obviously, but I would pretty much always start off with the same thing I would do on a website, which is add some sort of reset type thing where all of these are just set to zero um, and start with a, a clean slate, so to speak. And after that, I would personally always make sure that all my explicit sizes, so margins and things you're setting explicitly, obviously on mobile, you can set things to scale according to available space and all that. But things that you set explicitly, do it in a multiple of a certain number. I think four is usually a, a go-to. So make everything in units of four. So that's four, eight, 16, and so forth. See what I did there? So that that makes it look more coherent, if that makes sense. Everything is spaced somewhat equally and, and it's easier on the eye. And instead of having very arbitrary units all around the thing, I personally really keep to a, a four grid, basically a four units grid and try my hardest to keep that up but sometimes it's it's a bit tricky yeah i think sometimes when you get like into the detail layouts you tend to cheat a bit but uh, in general one designer once told me it's it's calmer to look at it at the screen when everything has got like the same spacing and, and padding and stuff like that and that's true um i i once uh did a redesign of an app um, before it was uh, like for us developers choosing the layout. And uh, then uh, we had a, a very pragmatic designer that um, tried to use the most uh, of our layouts with some small adjustments. And uh, it really made a big difference. Plus, I remember when the Sonos redesign came out, they they had, I think, a, a bit of an alignment issue. Yeah, I, I remember someone uh, screaming on Twitter that it hurts their eyes. Yeah, I think, I think it's good from my end that I'm not so design affinitive because... It didn't hurt, but uh, once once you see it, you can't unsee it. Yeah, the, the internet is an unforgiving place when it comes to 
things not looking entirely up to uh, up to most people's expectations. And it's actually funny you mentioned like Xamarin, of course, because you know we're all from the Xamarin part of the world. And if you look at Xamarin forms, there the paradigm has shifted a little bit as well. So before you would see that people would really like to have the native look and feel. So that was basically the unique selling point for Xamarin forms. Whenever you define a button in the abstract layer, it will get rendered as a button, how it looks like on iOS, and it will uh, look different on Android, and it will look different on UWP. Where, as you see with a Flutter, for instance, they are uh, drawing everything themselves. So it will look pixel perfect, um, exactly the same on each platform. And I think that has shifted somewhere as well, um, that you see that for the company apps, uh, that all the designs have to look consistently and the same um, over all platforms. They just create one design. Uh, they have the same fonts everywhere, the same colors, the same layout. And that's how it should look like on iOS and Android and wherever. Yeah, that's true. Now that you mention it, that's that's a really funny shift. I remember when uh, on the web, it used to be um, a lot of a lot of individual designs, and then uh, Bootstrap came out, and suddenly uh, people like me uh, who did not have a, a lot of design backgrounds uh, suddenly could make pages that people like to use. Uh, with the downside that everything started to look the same. Are there any style frameworks like Bootstrap that are for mobile accessible that developers can just reuse? Personally, I don't know about any like that kind of framework. So I think the closest thing that you could get is like control vendors maybe. So Syncfusion, uh, Telerik, Grailkit, or Grailkit, I, I'm still not sure how you pronounce it. Um, just to name a few. Um, so they, they basically have some basic controls or well, sorry, not basic. They have some controls that, that you can use. They will work on the supported platforms, of course. Um, and you can usually style them um, any way you can. And I think so, like the Syncfusion and the Telerik ones, um, and I probably forgot a, a bunch of, of those uh, who we love, of course, as well. But, you know, they just provide you with controls that are not in the box for Xamarin forms in this case. They, they also have controls for WPF and, and all kinds of other things. But especially the, the Grail kit, I'll just keep calling it Grail kit. I think they also have like... They do something with design, so they also make an effort to to make it look good. Yeah, they basically have their own UI kit, as you said, and um, that makes every control that they put out there or every page layout it it all makes it uniform. Which is, if if you're buying a UI kit, obviously that's what you want. But it is one of the few in its in its sort, at least for Xamarin forms. Obviously for native platforms, I think you can find more than enough. UI kits um, for Android, for iOS, all that. Even looking at something like what Microsoft offers, offers with the Fluent framework, um, the Fluent UI framework, they have all these controls written out in Swift and in Java or yeah, just for a cross-platform making that, that Fluent UI kit look the same. It relies heavily also on just using native stuff. So all the native fonts, native button look and feels and all that stuff. But what they do offer is just some some additional controls that you don't get natively on the platform and then just implement it to look up to speed with the whole UI kit framework that they've set up. Obviously for Android, you have the material design stuff, which is implemented by Xamarin 
using visuals? Well, actually, it, that's true. The, it did, but they basically created bindings because that you mentioned Fluent, at Google, sorry, Google or Android or whatever. They did the same thing for Material. So Material is also basically like a, a design language, if you will. Um, and they also created the libraries for iOS, I think, to to make it look the same uh, on all platforms as well. So yeah, and the only thing Xamarin then did was create bindings for that. So yeah, you're you're then you're basically talking about like fluent and material, yeah, that kind of design frameworks, languages, whatever. Yeah, the platform specific flavors basically. But other than that, like like Mark said, uh, one big UI kit. There's not a lot of them for Xamarin. And we talked before uh, in, in our little news thing, uh, WWDC, I brought up a couple of accessibility things. Um, there's there's more and more people, um, and they're, they're right about it, um, asking for um, good support for accessibility things. Um, is that something that you, Mark, Stephen, normally think about? Because if I'm, if I'm being honest, I forget about it. It's not because I'm I'm a bad person, um, hopefully. Uh, but you know, it's just very easy to forget. You you think about your own situation. You think about most people who can just do things as as most regular people. Uh, but of course, there's a big big percentage of people that have some kind of yeah. I, I'm not I'm not sure. I'm not I'm trying to find the right words for this and not to offend anyone. So if I if I say something wrong, please, please forgive me here. But, you know, people that, that have some kind of handicap or, or disability that prevent them to to do certain things. Is that things that you typically think about when you're designing things? Well, off the top of my head, having designed a couple of things, I mean, uh, there's like these red-green indicators that I, I remember were put in many apps, like red being not good, green being okay. And I think, well, I, I hope a lot of people know that this is like one disability that a lot of people have, a lot of men have, actually. So making something uh, a round icon that can be uh, red or, or green um, is probably not good. And I think also choosing colors that have a high contrast. And what I sometimes do is on the iPhone, you can enable this actually since quite some time. You can put it into a, a black-white mode or like grayscale mode. And enabling that, you can actually see uh, a lot of the uh, colors, how they then uh, align and match up. And for Android, I remember we did that once. Um, maybe there's also something for iOS. Uh, you can install an app, uh, which will then give you the experience um, that uh, you can, when you put the phone into a uh, visually visual impaired mode, and uh, I also, sorry if I do not use the proper lingo here. And that was really interesting because sometimes you can find uh, like custom controls, you know, how you can do them. And then they just say, like, yeah, you know, like just draw an image and then uh, some text below it and then just make it tappable. And you can then fake a button like that. And uh, the interesting thing is when you don't use the standard OS controls, you lose a lot of accessibility uh, help that the operation system actually gets you. Because if you use a button, it will then uh, tell the user that this is a button. So you can it's clickable. And you if you draw that on your own and you just make it tappable, uh, that's not the same thing. So those things will not pop up. I think it's uh, something that often gets uh, put onto the sideline, sadly. And I think uh, we could do more work there to make it uh, a lot more integrated. But I think uh, keeping the standard design patterns and choosing your colors wisely can already do a lot when, when designing apps. 
What do you think, Stephen? I think also that color by itself should never just be the indicator, obviously. Like you said, there are people with uh, disabilities in, in seeing colors. I do know that most of the modern design software that designers use at least, so things like Figma or um, Sketch, for example, they all come with uh, these simple toggles where you can just view the entire design in, in a specific type of color disability. So like uh, there's there's obviously all sorts of them like you said green and red that that is one but it it shows you how people with that disability pretty much see the app so that really does help and also if you, if you have like for example you have two buttons in your app um around red one and around green one and one has a check mark and the other one has a cross on it or something like that you typically do that with an icon font or something like that so if if someone who is visually impaired or or maybe even blind and is using the phone well, he has nothing to go on. There's no text in that button. There's just an icon, uh, a Unicode symbol, basically. I expect no one to know all the Unicode symbols in the world from the top of their head. So we, we also need to obviously add some accessibility text type of thing that a screen reader can actually speak on to people. So that that typically is something that I will gladly admit that I don't necessarily implement most of the time when it's when it's a business app i i will also gladly admit that it's not something the customer actually asks for that's obviously no excuse to not cater to people with accessibility problems but it does kind of slip slip away through the cracks basically yeah but if you're building like a business app then then you typically also have a smaller audience and you have a more predictable audience so you know if there will be people with a disability or, or what the, the probability is that, that people with a disability will be using it. Yeah, again, like you said, it's it's never an excuse to not make the customer aware and at least do your own very best to make it as accessible as possible. But yeah, so and that, that's something uh, that you mentioned that we were also getting more aware when when I was working with the Xamarin Forms team. Like it's it's what Mark mentioned also too, is if you are going to compose your own controls, then you lose a lot of the accessibility features of the uh, OS that is built in. So yeah, one example is indeed the screen readers where they will just read out, you're now selecting a button and the button has this caption. Um, if you start creating your own button with a icon font or an image or, or other things uh, which which just have a fancy design check mark and uh, a fancy color that lives up to your design standards that's pretty unusable for someone who um, who's visually impaired or, or even blind so those are certainly important things to take into account as well but as people not suffering from from any of these it's pretty easy to to forget unfortunately so and if we're talking about creating all these styling like okay i think we've established that mark and myself we appreciate a good design but we are not the best designers so steven how do you do it no i'm kidding but you know what what's the tooling out there what what are the tools you need to effectively create a good design good iterations how do you do it practice 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 um well yeah obviously Practice can, can actually do quite a bit, but you need to have time for it, obviously. But from a actual tool size, let, let's say you're building your app and you want to have some nice design uh, tools to look at, 
the obvious candidate and it, it's not even that old yet i mean we're, we're talking hot reload here obviously which only came to us last year if i'm not mistaken yeah something like that oh i love hot reload that's so great when having to do design i don't think there's a day that i miss what what came before which was nothing so for the people who do not know what we're talking about here this is well it in other platforms or frameworks, hard reload is also a concept, um, but we're talking about Xamarin form specifically here. And what you had to do before this was a thing, uh, you had to change your background from blue to red and you would stop your debug session. You would do the change, you would start your debug session. And if you've worked on mobile apps before, you know that these builds can take, well, seconds if not minutes sometimes so yeah that makes it really hard to iterate fast on uh, on some designs and hot reload takes that pain away uh, at least when you're using xaml files uh, by just letting you change the xaml file uh, save the file and it will instantaneously um, update on your uh, emulator or or physical device even and you can see uh, the changes coming up there so that saves a lot of time when trying to create a pixel perfect design, right? Yeah, and it, it even runs on multiple devices at the same time at the moment, which is something that is fairly recent. But yeah, it, I think most modern mobile platforms have something like this. I mean, I think Flutter is definitely the one that, that popularized it, or at least from, from my perspective. But yeah, it, it, you can't live without it. There is, there's just no way you can be effective if you don't have something like that. Uh, other than that, a good vector drawing tool. You can spend a lot of money on something like Illustrator if you really want to. Um, but for drawing something really basic, well, you can draw actually quite complex things with it. But um, a, a great free option is Adobe XD. It even comes preloaded with all sorts of mobile device formats and all that. So you just say, I want to make an iOS app and you get all the form factors right there on the page. And you basically draw in basic shapes. So squares, circles, triangles, all that good stuff. But obviously you also have curves that you can use and, and you can make pretty much anything out of it. There's some cool sites out there that definitely have a lot of these designs, which you can just download for free, basically. A very popular one that I like is Uplabs, which we will link in the show notes, but you can download all sorts of cool designs from there. Just pop them open in XD, which is free. Most of the designs on there are also even free. There are premium ones that you need to pay for, but you can go a long way with getting inspired by the free stuff already. And I think tools like Figma and Sketch, all those professional tools, they already, they share somewhat of a file format, or at least XD can open them. So if something is made for Sketch, you can open it in XD as well. And Kim Philpott's made even a very cool plugin for it xd to export it into xamarin forms basically so it, it makes labels out of texts and it it just grabs all the styling that you set up so if if you have labels in there that have a specific font size font family all that good stuff uh, it makes sort of a style guide out of that so just a, a bunch of styles that you can then just apply in your app and it, it makes that transition from having an awesome design in a file, which is as as a as a developer, it's always fun to get designs from a designer because you look at it and you think, oh, that looks really simple the way you designed it. But 
if you then have to go and build it, that that's where the challenges sometimes pop up. But tools like that do make that transition a bit easier. Yeah, so in talking about designs and, and even specifically for Xamarin Forms, um, we also have this website, uh, or basically it's a GitHub repo by Javier, uh, who is a um, Xamarin Forms team member, and he collects all these cool designs that are actually built in Xamarin Forms because there is a whole movement of people uh, that are trying to, well, create or their own cool looking designs or they're even cloning like uh, existing apps like uh, I, I know Stephen you did Spotify and uh, Runkeeper and uh, a couple of more so just replicate those designs in Xamarin Forms because Xamarin Forms has a bit of a reputation to not be able to create uh, cool looking apps so there are some people really passionate about showing uh, to the world that it is possible and another website yeah shameless plug here uh, that tries to collect these designs as well is a website by um, Stephen and myself called Snippets without the, the I and the E because, you know, that's for hipsters. And you can find them in the show notes, all these links and, and even more. And you can submit your beautiful designs there with a repo so that other people can have a look um, at how you created it. And yeah, you can look through that. You can use that if you want. You can use bits of it. Uh, you can use all of it. So there's there's designs and resources for you out there to use uh, you just have to know where to find them ah awesome stuff so i really have to install this adobe xd thing and give it a swirl yeah i haven't used that before actually so this has been our episode on mobile design basics by your hosts mark alibone Gerald flows and steven davison do you have some great design tips to share be sure to reach out to us on twitter at nalpointers.io stay safe and until next week